All right, I think we can all agree that every new investor struggles with the same issues. They're out there finding deals, they're broke, and there's a tremendous amount of anxiety trying to figure out how to fund these deals once they have them under contract. I was no different. And if you've read my book, The Ultimate Guide to Wholesaling Real Estate, then you'll know that I launched my career by flipping my first few houses using 0% interest credit cards. The rules are a little bit different today than when I did it, but believe me, it can still be done. And there's a company out there that will help you shortcut this entire process. I want you to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash funding, and you can learn about how much you can get in the first round of funding so you can fund your deals. Just complete the quick questionnaire, and they will shoot you back a number as to how much you can expect in a very short period of time so you can get started funding those deals. And over time, those numbers will increase. Now, how well do I know this company? I've been referring this company since 2015, so almost five years. I've had over 100 of my students join this company, and they've raised several million dollars to help these students get funding for their deals. I know this because I know these students personally, and I talk to them very often about the process. The most you can get in your first year is $240,000 worth of potential 0% cash advance money. But even if you only get $100,000, it's better than nothing, and it can make you a small fortune flipping houses. Just go to dpipodcast.com forward slash funding and check it out for yourself. Don't wait until you've lost fifteen dollars or $20,000 to check these guys out. It might be too late if you do that. you got to go ahead and stay, uh, stay ahead of the curve on this one, guys. Go to dpipodcast.com forward slash funding and be prepared to fund the deals when you find them. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. This is your host, David Dodge, joined by co-host, Mike Slane. Hey, Mike. Hey, Dave, how are you? I thought I'm you were going to jump in there, bud. Well, you know, I was kind of in a daze because I was just kind of thinking about the topic today that I'm pretty excited about uh, because it it just changes our business so much. And uh, guys, we're in the real estate business, more specifically the wholesaling business. That's where we started. It's where we started in real estate investing. Um, heavily or full-time, I guess. Mm -hmm. We both own rentals as well. But what we're going to talk about today, it really just transformed our business, I think. I mean, I think it is the thing that uh, that changed it from, I guess, a solopreneurship to more what feels like a business, in my mind. That's correct. So, so what is the topic today? Virtual assistants. Virtual assistants. So the reason... Love this topic. It this is, is going to be a good great. episode and today, guys. Mention, I mean, let's just talk about our business and how it's evolved, and let's mention our VAs because we appreciate them. Um, I mean, we sure I do. I don't we see sure any do. reason why not to. 
So, Dave, when we started, um, you had, and this is five years ago, folks. When we started, Dave was like, I'm going to hire a VA. And he went out and he found somebody um, and started working with them. And then a few months later, Dave's business merged into mine and uh, our other partners' bills. We just mm -hmm. kind of all decided, hey, we're doing a lot of the same stuff. I like what you're doing. You like what I'm doing. Let's just, let's uh, let's get married. You know, we rushed <laughs> right in, formed a business together. Well, that's, that's what right. it's like. You're, you're basically married. That's what we did. So, and, you know, honestly, it's been good. Mm -hmm. it was it's been great yeah it was, it was business love at first sight you could say that's right so so we decided to uh to start working together and dennis was a va you hired and dennis yeah. has been an all-star for man he's been with us for a long time the whole time he? we've been together i mean the i brought him i brought him with me didn't i because right. i already had him up working for me didn't i right. I, mean, I think you had just kind of hired him at the time yeah and yeah, because I think that when you hired him, you were like, hey, you want to split the cost of this guy? I'm pretty sure we were talking about sharing him anyways. Yeah. Because I remember talking with Dennis prior to having our uh, CRM set up. Yeah. So anyways, long, long story short, Dennis has been a rock star for us. So let's talk about not necessarily how you found Dennis, but let's talk about how someone else could find a VA and when is the right time to start thinking about getting a VA. So a new investor... It's a Guys. great, great questions, Mike. Yeah, and I, I like I it. I apologize. I'm kind of jumping. Don't be. This is them. this is great. So new investor. You know me. I don't like scripts. I know. A new investor, we don't necessarily recommend outsourcing everything from day one. Right? No, you need to learn how to do all of it exactly. too. Exactly. You have to. You have to know what you want someone to do before. It's you can difficult tell them. to train them if you don't know how to do it yourself. Right. And that's really what it comes down to. So, getting a virtual assistant to me was. Um, it was necessary at the time that I got it because I had done a couple mail campaigns and I, at the time, I didn't even have a CRM. I was still writing up all the leads by hand and I literally had two or three folders, probably three, you know, one for people that I needed to follow up with in the future, one for, you know, warm leads and then ones for either appointments or contracts or whatever, like, you know, something's happening with these leads, They're, we're working them. And um, before I knew it, my folder for my follow-ups was, you know, as big as a phone book. It was stacked full. Mm. And I was still doing marketing. So I had calls coming in, you know, multiple a day. And it was getting very difficult to juggle all the calls that were coming in, as well as returning calls that came in while I was on calls, as well as trying to make calls to people that I hadn't talked to in two, three, four, five weeks. So at that point, that's when it became necessary because I had a choice to make. I could either sit at home and spend most of my day on the phone or I could get out in the field and I could view properties and make offers. So that's, so that's a really, really excellent point, Dave. So what do you use VAs for first and what do you use that time that you freed yourself up for? And I think what Dave is trying to point out is that you want to use your VAs for lower dollar activities or lower dollar generating activities. That. And you want to spend your time. And activities that, that you can do anywhere in the world. Exactly. Like I'm and in the market where the houses are at, so I need to go look at them. And meet with sellers in person. Absolutely. So that needs to be the, my focus. Making offers, looking at houses, and talking to the hot ones, but talking to all the people that aren't hot or following up with people every three, four weeks that don't want to sell me their house for two years is not a, the best use of my time. The cool thing about virtual assistants is they don't have to be 
uh, in China or the Philippines or India or wherever you may go, Indonesia, whatever, right? They don't have to be outside of the United States. And if you're listening to this and you're outside of the United States, the same rules apply. It just means that they're not in your office. I have friends who have virtual assistants that live three or four blocks from them, right? They're still an assistant. They're just virtual. And that's the beautiful thing about living in this time, in this age, is that if you have a cell phone or even a computer or both, you can do most of the tasks. It is really neat. And I guess what is fun or funny about VAs and hiring VAs, it's kind of like you think, oh, I'm just hiring some VA, you know? Well, it's basically the reason you would use a VA, in my opinion, and the reason you're going to outsource it to the Philippines or another country is because you get a better value. So what can you afford at the time? Well, if I could afford a hired sales uh, professional, be able to pay them a hundred thousand a year. A sales manager sales and manager. a whole team. Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's great. What we would hire right off the bat. But, but like Dave said, that's when expensive. You're, when you're starting out, you can't necessarily afford that. So you find someone who uh, is willing to make phone calls, is not in the U.S., and is willing to do it for a lower price. A lower price for you, essentially. Yeah. Now, language so, is important too. It's extremely speech, important. especially if they're going to be on the phone. Uh, you want them to, you know, sound like they are from where your callers are going to be from. Um, doesn't doesn't have to be exactly, but you're going to have a better response rate when somebody, you know, picks up the phone for a call or calls somebody back and they just get somebody that sounds like they're in the area. Mm -hmm. So you definitely don't, you know, if they have a heavy accent, you may want to put that person on texting or CRM work or anything other than phones. So you really, I really want to dial in on that, though. You want your, your people that are on the phones to have very good English. And that's why we like the Philippines, because they have very good English. Now, again, there's lots of other places to find virtual assistants. We've always hired uh, Philippine, yeah. you know, because, again, dissented virtual is, assistants. Because, uh, English is the primary language there, isn't it's it? The it's the second language, language, but it's the... It's I believe it's language. the first. It's it's the best country that speaks English as as a second language. Does that make sense? They have their own language. That's the first language. But mm -hmm. in terms of their second language, they're the best in the world for grammar and pronunciation and actually sounding like they. So let's talk a little bit about are American for the most part, or just speak English. I guess the nationality is irrelevant. Let's talk a little bit about how you find a virtual assistant. So. Super easy, guys. Again, if you're looking for an inexpensive choice, we recommend the Philippines. All of our VAs are from the Philippines, mm -hmm. like Dave said, and they're doing great. Uh, thank There's you guys tons of places to find them, but I would not want to confuse people. And I would say there's two places that I would go. All right, where would you go? I would go and I would go to Google. Um, and I, I'm sorry, not Google. I would go to Facebook. Boom, I was going to say, I would skip Google. Yeah, I would go I would to go Facebook, to Facebook. And I would find um, real estate specific virtual assistants in uh, virtual assistant type groups. That's the first thing I would do. If you don't find luck with that, go to Upwork. Here's the thing. You're gonna, That's it, though. You're probably going to find work with that. Yeah. Luck with that. And there's there's services everywhere. You could The third thing you could do is go into Google and type in real estate-specific virtual assistants, and you're going to find them. But here's the problem. You're going to basically you're gonna come across an agency, which isn't a bad thing necessarily because they may train and provide support to those people, which can be valuable. However... The agency is going to mark up their 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 hourly cost anywhere from fifty to a hundred percent, 
And Mike and I like to pay our virtual assistants anywhere from four to eight bucks an hour versus, you know, 10, 12, 14. And it's the exact same amount of work and labor. So I like to just kind of bypass the service and go straight to the person. However, pros and cons. The, the cons there is they may need more training or have none, and you might have to train them more and less support. But again, if, if you're in this for the long run, which I highly recommend that you have that mindset, um, it's going to be much cheaper. So it is like hiring an employee. Just it, it's exactly what it is. So just because someone is called Not like. What? Just because someone <laughs> is called a virtual assistant, they are an employee for you. So have that mindset that you are going to have to train them. It doesn't matter. Even if you're working with a service, like Dave said, and you are going to pay a premium because those service, those providers typically will say they're trained, they're fluent in English, and they do a screening. So again, those virtual assistants are probably um, going to have a little bit more experience in real estate potentially than oh, yeah. someone that you go and find yourself. But like Dave said, there are pros and cons. Very well said. Uh, one more thing I'd like to touch on that we we just uh, I got a couple was I got a couple work, was Upwork. Mm -hmm. We'll just circling back. So Upwork is another place to find them, but that's probably going to be better for more one-off or specific tasks. Like if you're doing, um, what would be a good example for Upwork? Like if you want, you need some somebody. help with your website. You need some right. help blogging. I mean, it could be anything, guys. I need help doing data collection. But I need Upwork probably isn't going to be the one for well your, yes and no it's going to be a phones. great place to find people and you can work with several people and when you find somebody that you like then you can just hire them it doesn't have to be through upwork or not you just can go there to locate them we're not suggesting you violate any of the terms of upwork's no policies etc not at all blah, blah, blah. moving on so again my opinion of upwork though it's going to be more of those little projects yeah now upwork is cool if you ideas. if you do continue to go through them which i recommend that you do but you can do whatever you want um they'll they'll take screenshots of the individual's work and you can you can set up time clocks in there so you can really dial down on you know exactly what you want them to do and how they're doing it um, another software that we just started using recently to help track the um the hours, the, the, so hours, the day to day tasks, and what activities they're doing is a service called Hubstaff. We just started using that a couple of months ago, and it's I been. I wish we were using it for. A yeah, it's years. been working great for us. So that's definitely another place to go. So Hubstaff does exactly what David just said: is it's going to, uh, the VA or virtual assistant is going to log in on that software on their computer, and it's going to again, it's basically a time clock, but it also can take screenshots of the virtual assistant's computer in set intervals. You can set it for, what is it, like 10 minutes, 15 Five, minutes? 5, 10, 15, or yeah. 20. But so the cool, cool thing, too, is not only does it do time tracking and screenshots so we can know what's going on, but there's two other features that are super powerful. You can set an auto log off. So if, they're, if they walk away from their computer, after, and, and you can set it for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, but if they walk away from their computer, you can automatically clock them out. If they're not working for five or for 10 minutes, if there's no movement on the mouse or the keyboard, it'll actually log them out. So they can't be stealing time from you. That's the number one thing that I really, really like about it. Mm -hmm. um, number two is you can track all the websites and apps that they're actually using while they're on the clock. So, you know, if you have a great person, obviously you're not going to want to micromanage them and you're going to give them lots of leniency. But if you're in the hiring stage or if you're even considering about letting somebody go because they're maybe not performing properly, you can track and see where they're spending their time. And that's the thing. And if they're on Facebook or Instagram for four hours of their eight and that's not part of the job tasks or duties, red flags. I mean, it's just great. 
Yeah, and and so Hubstaff, they've even got like efficiency metrics, like they and they just kind of plug that in automatically for you. It's very so they're cool. not hundred percent accurate, but it's it's helpful. It's helpful. It gives you an idea of oh, this person is the fact that it logs them out after I think ours is set to ten minutes mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. Because it just it prevents okay, them from stealing them. time. And it's not that I'm trying to come down on them, but if they're stealing my time, then you know that's not that's disrespectful to me, and oh, I want right. to be respectful to them. So and again, people do like they get a phone call, whatever. You go take a phone call for five minutes, no big deal. But if you're on the phone for forty five minutes talking to your mom or your aunt, you're not working. Yeah, you're logged out. So clock them out, yeah, right? So it's, no so big, it's very very no helpful. big deal. It's fair for both parties. And again, we pay them fairly as well. Again, for what uh, what we are paying here in the U.S. is a very good value. But what they're receiving in the Philippines is also of really good value for them because again, it's just the um, the difference in in money or the value of money over there. So it's very, very cool. Absolutely. Let's talk about the where, why, when, and how, Mike. So the where uh, we talked a little bit about, that's Facebook mm-hmm. groups, um, Google search for real estate-specific VAs, and or um, – you were just talking about that website, Upwork. 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 Mm-hmm. So that would There's be a bunch of other ones. Yeah, so that'd be the where. Okay. So when the when we've talked about that as well a little bit, Dave. I think it's when you hire a VA. It's once you reach that point of, I cannot keep up with all of my work. That to me is when you should do it, or a little bit before then. Is once you've got so many, so many tasks that you're not quite able to keep up with all of your phone calls coming in, or all of your leads coming in, and doing the follow up that you need to do to serve your clients yeah that would be the win guys yeah, the so, win and again well here's another example of a win okay so if you are working full-time and you literally cannot answer the phone when it rings that is a great time to consider having someone else answer the phone for you so monday through friday say you're working nine to five say you've got a regular nine to five job and you can afford a little bit of money well guess what it's time to hire a virtual assistant to answer those phones for you so that your phone calls get answered right away and that someone from your company is talking to your seller leads right away, setting appointments for you, give them the autonomy to schedule an appointment for you to go look at the house. Love it. That way you are not letting those leads slip through the cracks. Love so it. So again, it's when, again, when you're ready, if you're, if you dove in full time, once you're already working full time and you're overwhelmed, hire your VA. Or like I said, if you're working full time and then trying to do this as a side hustle, that's another time you can leverage other people's time and talents, such as VAs, virtual assistants, to, you know, get your get your real estate investing career off the ground a little bit faster. Love it. So let's talk about the how. The training. You guys want to train your virtual assistants if they're not already trained, and you're going to want to train them specifically to your business, your CRM, your software, your processes. Um, I like this simple tool called Screencast-O-Matic. Uh, there's a newer service out called Loom. You can use uh, other softwares like Snagit, but essentially you can record your screen. Zoom can even do this for you as well. And then you can drop these into YouTube or some of these sites have their own hosting. And you want to record your trainings. Reason being is, is if you decide to hire a second or a third virtual assistant, you don't have to spend two weeks or a month or whatever, tons of hours retraining them, you can just give them your catalog, your library of trainings. And those will already be specific to the softwares and the processes that you're doing because you're training somebody how currently to do that. Awesome. So you forgot can't about forget that. about that. Yeah. Paying them. Now this That's is, something we need well, to address about, too. I want to I interject a Please. little bit on that training topic. That's really, really good. 
And I think it's super, super important to get on a video call. David talked about Zoom and the other ones, Loom or whatever. Screencast-O-Matic, Screencast Loom. There's a ton of them, though. Just go it, search for screen recording software. It's super important recording so software. they can see your face and you can see their face, in my opinion. Because you're not in the same room, so you're not really building that rapport. But you want to have a relationship with this person. Talk about another person. You want to have a relationship with them. Make sure that you guys are both on the same page. So when we hire a new VA, Maria is our newest VA, uh, we, for the first week, we said, okay, every day at this time, let's get on a phone call just so that we can at least see each other, talk to each other in person via uh, software so that we can get on the same page. And then once they're up and running, then it's maybe once a week or every other day. Now, on top of that, we also use a software called Slack that is basically like an instant messenger so that you can message them so that you don't need to jump on the phone all the time with them. Okay, Dave, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no you, those were up, gold nuggets, man. Those were great nuggets. I love that. Um, what are you doing? Pulling up some... Uh... I want to see the, the pay scale because earlier we had mentioned that, you know, we like to pay anywhere between 4 and $8 for a virtual assistant. Now, we pay these assistants um, to one of two ways. We currently use TransferWise. Or we use PayPal. TransferWise is a little cheaper in terms of your costs and their cost to receive um, as well. But PayPal it works just as well. So the average hourly rate in the Philippines, guys, I'm looking this up on, uh, on Google. I typed in uh, hourly rates. I came across a site called PayScale. And it looks like the average hourly rate in the Philippines is 150 Filipino pesos, and the uh, the what would you call that the um, the transfer or the conversion rate between the two, one U.S. dollar is equal to fifty point four nine pesos. Now that's according to today's estimate. You know today's conversion rates that may vary from so day math. to day, but basically one to fifty. So if they are getting 150 pesos an hour, that's equivalent to three bucks. That's the average salary there. So look at it this way, guys. If you're paying somebody five, four, five, six bucks an hour, they're making, in some cases, double what the average individual in that country is making. Yeah, the average hourly worker. The hourly Absolutely. worker, right. Yeah, so look at our, at our own area, right? What's the minimum wage here, Mike? Didn't they just raise it? Mm, I don't know. The fight for 15 is the big thing, right? The national fight for 15. I think we're at like... We're at 860 an hour. Said 775. Yeah. yeah. So so if you double that, that is, uh, what, 8, 6, 8 and 860, $17 an hour. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're essentially paying somebody the equivalent of $17 an hour, but you're only coming out of pocket six. So that's, yeah. that's almost a third. So your money can stretch a lot farther... So it benefits you, the person that's hiring the virtual assistant, but flip the script. You are empowering and helping another individual that lives in another part of the world to make sometimes, in some cases, double the salary of what you know their peers are making. So it's not like you are you know necessarily undercutting you know them or you know, paying them low wages, you're giving them double what most of their peers are paying. So that's what I'm getting at. It is a win-win because money has different values in different parts of the world. Love that. Excellent. What do we forget? I think that's pretty much How, the when, the why. We do the why. Why is just simple. Yeah. You can't be two places at once. You need to be able to outsource some of these activities 
so you can get your time back. And if you haven't read The E-Myth, that's a book that I want to drop in this episode. The E-Myth's a great way to figure out what you want to outsource first. Basically, you build a big diagram of your company, even if you're, you don't have positions for those yet, because you in the beginning are all of those positions. But then what you do is you start erasing your name from those boxes and you start putting other people's names in. And that could be one other person to begin with. It doesn't have to be a whole team. Two makes a team. I'll give a book rec as well. Let's hear it. So mine is the five-hour is it five hour work week? Four-hour. Four-hour work week. Tim Ferriss. It took you Tim five, Ferriss. but it, it took, took him me, four. It took, me, it took me about 25. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. So the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss, he talks a lot about outsourcing your life or hiring virtual assistants. And I believe that's the one where he talks about just doing like one or two tasks at a time. Very neat stuff. Very interesting concept. Again, I think it's pretty widespread now. But again, the four-hour work week, also pretty good one and pretty interesting on um, – Hiring VAs and having other people do work for you. Absolutely. So very cool. And also, one, one more thing. When you mm-hmm. when you go to hire, you don't have to bring them on full time to begin with. Great you may point. be able to hire somebody for 5 to 10 hours a week or 20 hours a week. And um, if you like that individual, then up their hours. Maybe you up their pay over time. Or, or give them more, right? Or and just you, a task-based thing. So, or so, a task. And that's where Upwork comes in. Because you don't even have to necessarily have them on a salary. You can just say, hey, this week I got a lot of work for you, but next week I may not have any. You know, and that's okay. And you can find people that are willing to work project to project. A great one for somebody starting out would be, hey, I've got all these leads that I haven't followed up on in six months. Call these 30 or 50 or 100 or All I need you to do is call them and see see if they're ready to sell. It's so simple. See who's ready to sell so I can make some money. Yep. So So virtual assistants are huge, guys. I mean, to wrap this episode up, um, you know, there, there will be a time when you will become overwhelmed. And to me, that's the time when you should start looking to, to get the virtual assistant. No, no sooner than that, though. Reason is, is you, you want to learn how to do all these activities so you can teach them. Because if they come to you with a problem later, you need to have answers for them, right? I also think, and I guess we didn't touch on this earlier, you should probably be doing a deal or two before you start hiring someone else. Yeah, well, why wouldn't you? Use the house's money to pay for it. Exactly. Well... I just think sometimes we get a little bit ahead of ourselves when we are ambitious about the business. But it's a great point. Yeah, I, I just, just thought I'd throw that yeah. out there. So Guys, now- reach out to us if you have questions about virtual assistants. We are here to help. One thing I do want to drop really quick because mm. I doubt we'll do an episode on it, but I want to talk to you a minute about this, is we have a brand new podcast website. Oh, yeah, and there's a cool. new domain name, too. So it used to be Discount Property Investor Podcast, which is like 300 letters long. Um, and we're going to forward that to the new one, but the new one's really easy to remember. It's dpipodcast.com. Discount Property Investor, DPI. You guys should have figured that out by now. dpipodcast.com. We got all the episodes over there. We're updating the site daily, and I'm real excited about that. Yeah, so check some, that out. some feedback if you like it or not. Hopefully it's uh, easier to navigate. All right, guys, signing off. Go out and get yourself a virtual assistant if you need one and automate your business. It'll allow you to do more deals, have more time, and make more money. Until next time, signing off. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.